Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics, with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Mark, great to be with you again on another episode of Informed Dissent, now available on Apple Podcasts and all your favorite podcast platforms. Now, the first annual Turkey Awards on Informed Dissent. Mark, why don't you go first and and uh, and bring us uh, one of your favorite turkeys of the year? Well, one that I find just absolutely annoying because I see her circling back at almost every single White House press conference is Jen Psaki, the queen of misinformation, the absent and derelict in her duty White House press secretary. I find her to be um, so publicly visible and so clearly disseminating of false and misinformation uh, that she just really boils my blood. Did he ask President Xi to cooperate specifically with this U.S. intel agency-led investigation into the origins of COVID? Peter, it's clear that that's what we want. That's what we've been pressing on. I don't have any more to, to read out for you from the meeting. You're saying that it's clear. Is it clear to somebody who has a Zoom meeting with the president that that's what he means if that's not what he says? I think the president has spoken publicly on this a number of times. Our national security officials have conveyed very clearly, I don't think it's a secret. That's what we want. That's what we've been pressing. Yeah, exactly. She can never answer a straight question. Uh, she, uh, you know, just gives misinformation after misinformation. She always appears uncomfortable in answering these questions. And she talks down to the reporters as, as if they have no right to be answering these questions. It's it's really striking and quite the contrast uh, with some of the other press secretaries that we've seen. I find the condescension to be uh, quite obnoxious. This is really something that bothers me in general about the turkeys of this last year is that without exception, every single one of the turkeys of 2021 has been a condescending elitist. And the irony of that is that it's always those condescending elitists that are blaming all of the problems of America on elitists. And there's something that I just can't countenance with that. I, I really just detest insincerity, inauthenticity, and I really don't like people who talk down to those who are uh, just trying to live their lives. I think it's a really despicable quality and despicable attitude, and that's why Jen Psaki is uh, the one that uh, I, I put down as my, my first Turkey Award of the year. You know, I'll tell you, and this is not unique to Jen Psaki. This occurs throughout the media on the left, where they, um, where they talk down to their, their guests. They make fun of those that disagree. Uh, they have this righteousness uh, attitude as if uh, dissenting or differing opinions uh, have no validity. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's really quite unbelievable. So my first turkey is the one and the only Emperor Fauci that has unfortunately been uh, front and center throughout this pandemic, first under the administration of President Trump and now under the Joe Biden administration. And the more we learn about Anthony Fauci, the more 
uh, I realize uh, that he is a fraud. Listen, he hasn't touched a patient in probably 50 years. And his prescription for America for this uh, COVID pandemic has been a disaster. Um, yet he keeps being the front man um, on this uh, pandemic. And uh, I recently purchased and started reading Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s new book, The Real Anthony Fauci. And he goes into quite, de- quite a lot of detail of the past history of Dr. Fauci, whether it be some of, some of the animal studies that he has authorized. To be quite honest, it's almost hard to read these studies, the brutality of them in the experimentation that goes on. Recently, we heard about the, the Beagle experiments, but there's more to it than that. And it's quite disgusting. Uh, and it's quite disturbing. Um, and I think he is up there in, uh, in the Turkey Awards and with no disrespect to turkeys, um, that uh, he, he, really, he, he really is just a, uh, boy, it's hard, to, it's hard to even describe. Well, my recommendations to Americans to celebrate safely is get vaccinated as soon as you can. Obviously, if you're not vaccinated, you're in a situation where you're more vulnerable to getting infected. But for the people who are vaccinated, the people who can get boosted, enjoy your holiday season with your family, indoors, grandparents, children, do it. He's a fraud. That's what he is. He's a complete fraud. And he has mismanaged this pandemic to the detriment of this country. Um, And personally, I think he should resign uh, and likely be investigated and, and put in jail. I think many Americans are unaware of the fact that he spoke in the same way he's speaking now over 20, 30 years ago during the AIDS crisis. I heard a recording of him from that time in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, of him saying something that might have just been recorded last year. And it was essentially this. We don't know how AIDS is spread. So... What we should do is eliminate all close contact with friends and family members, touching, hugging, kissing, sharing food. We should assume that this deadly disease can be transmitted any possible number of ways. Well, for example, if if the close contact of a child is a household contact, perhaps there will be a certain number of cases of individual who are just living with and in close contact with someone with AIDS or at risk of AIDS who does not necessarily have to have uh, intimate sexual contact or share a needle, but just the ordinary close contact. Of course, this is all false. And we found out later, actually quite quite quickly within a year or two. He knew uh, it was false at the time. Exactly. And that's my point. And I think he knew it was false with this Wuhan virus as well. And that's why I agree with you. I think he's a fraud. I think he's been lying from the very beginning. And I mean, from 20 or 30 years ago, not just from two years ago. And he has inflicted unnecessary pain and suffering on millions of Americans for decades because of it. Absolutely. Who's next on your turkey list? Uh, I have to say, even though the national level turkeys are perhaps better known and perhaps uh, get more gobble time on air. I live in Los Angeles. I live in the state of California. And there is somebody very near and dear to my heart that has made my life and the lives of 
most of those who live in Los Angeles a living hell for the last two years. This woman was not elected. Uh, she was not even known until 18 months ago. She does not have any medical training. She does not have a clinical degree. She has a doctoral degree in social welfare. And yet this one single unelected, uneducated, and frankly quite stupid witch of a woman has made the decision to tell me and my friends and my family and nine other nine million other Los Angelinos when and where they can eat, whether they can go to school, and whether they can travel. As noted, all public and private group events and gatherings of 10 or more people are prohibited anywhere in LA County. If you have a smaller gathering between two and nine people, you can only have that if you can guarantee that there's social distancing of at least six feet apart from everybody in that smaller group. And you must enforce uh, access to either hand washing facilities or hand sanitizer at any group gathering that has less than 10 people. And I am fed up with it. I want this woman out. I want her investigated, and I want her salary of $450,000 removed right away. And her name is Barbara Ferrer, and she is the public health director of the county of Los Angeles. You sound angry. I am. <laughs> I do not want Cruella DeVille telling me where I can eat my burrito. Well, I'll tell you, let's keep it, let's keep it local then. Let's come down to Orange County. And let's talk about the Orange County Healthcare Director as my next turkey, and that's Dr. Clayton Chow. What we don't know, what we don't know is if you got the vaccine, even though you are protected from having symptoms and then you got the virus, will you be a spreader? Okay. At this point, we believe that you will you can probably will still be able to spread the virus to somebody else. And that's why we encourage people that even after you get the vaccine, complete your cycle, you are protected. You still need to wear a mask because the majority of our community have not gotten the vaccine yet. Dr. Clayton Chow organized town hall meeting after town hall and expressed excitement and glee that uh, these vaccines would now be made available to children. He even offered to coordinate setting up vaccine sites at schools uh, to help get as many children vaccinated as possible. And unfortunately, even in Orange County, um, this was the modus operandi for our healthcare director. And unfortunately, our supervisors did nothing to push back, uh, did nothing to um, uh, take his authority away to do these things. So in Orange County, we're operating under the guidance of Dr. Clayton Chow, who basically parrots the national uh, healthcare media and unelected bureaucrats in pushing these vaccines onto our children that make no sense at all. But the good news in Orange County is we've got plenty of mama bears that are pushing back and saying, oh, hell no, we're not going to vaccinate our children and we will not turn our schools into into vaccine centers. So uh, I share your anger up in LA, down in Orange County, with a healthcare director in uh, the one and only Dr. Clayton Chow. These people like Dr. Clayton Chow, they, they were never important because they never had any power before. Uh, they were figureheads. They would make um, 
fairly insignificant decisions uh, about practices of concentration of dilute sprays to sanitize tables in the backs of cafeterias, whether it should be 10% or 12%. It didn't really matter what they did. And then all of a sudden, these people who were uh, just placeholders, just really political appointees, certainly not elected, they found themselves in a position of making decisions over the day-to-day lives of millions of people that lived in their counties about keeping children in school, about uh, putting diapers on your face, about being able to eat in a restaurant. These are really important decisions. These are decisions that um, really should be made by the voting public, not by an unelected bureaucrat. And yet they were making them. And this is happening all over the country. I mean, these people are, are representatives and representative of what you're seeing in, in cities, states, counties all across the country. And I think people went along with it at the beginning because they didn't know any better. They thought, these people, they know more than I do. Uh, they're trained. Uh, they clearly have years of experience in public health. They must be able to make better decisions than me. And yet, when it became quite obvious to anybody with half a brain that none of these decisions made any sense. They weren't consistent. They weren't based in science. They were obviously political. They went back and forth and back and forth, just like Flip-Flop Fauci did and still is. That's when people started to rise up and say, this is enough. Uh, We need to take back our local schools. We need to take back our local cities. We need to be able to uh, make decisions about where we move and what we eat. And I don't want somebody telling me how to micromanage my life. No, um, I agree. I agree with you. And I even reached out to Clayton Chow. I sent him several different emails. We exchanged some emails. I offered to meet with him. I was very polite. I requested a meeting, meeting after meeting after meeting. Finally, he said, I can't meet with you as the healthcare director, but I can meet with you doctor to doctor, um, but not as a healthcare director. And I, I said, okay, well, I don't even know what that means, but sure, whatever. I'm happy to meet you. Anytime I want to offer you a different perspective that maybe you haven't heard, I'm still waiting for that meeting date, and it's been several months. Nothing. Just complete silence. Yep. You may have noticed a new link to Instacart in the show notes of this podcast today. Maybe you didn't have time, and that is the point of Instacart. Saving you time and money to do other, more important things, like spending time with family. Instacart is shopping done for you. By the way, shopping at many of your favorite stores save time for you and your family by shopping through Instacart. All your favorite stores all in one order. The online and mobile app lets you pick your products and even highlight sale items for you. The shoppers are trained to pick the very freshest produce and they'll even keep your eggs safe. And here's the best part, delivery to your door in as fast as one hour. Help out our podcast by clicking the link in the show notes when you make your next purchase. Who's next on your list, Dr. McDonald? So let's go back up to the top of the local level, which is the state of California. In fact, today we can lay claim to breaking 90% of all adults in the state of California have received at least one dose. We are anticipating, nonetheless, more stress as we enter into the fall for a number of reasons. Waning immunity and we still have a large percentage of our population that has not yet gotten vaccinated. This elected and unfortunately by default re-elected tyrant and dictator 
who initiated a state of emergency in the state of California nearly two years ago and has re-upped that state of emergency multiple times, uh, most recently, I think, uh, yesterday or earlier last week, the one and only Gavin Newsom, uh, the man that has disappeared from society for weeks on end after getting his 27th booster shot, uh, stalking all of the stores from uh, Sonoma down to San Diego with unlimited supplies of hair gel, the man who <laughs> single-handedly blew up the entire restaurant hypocrisy of indoor-outdoor mask, non-mask mandates at his uh, very expensive fundraising event up in Napa last year, uh, hosting the president or lobbyist-in-chief of the California Medical Association with a $14,000 or $20,000 wine tab, um, all the the, while going about the French laundry. At the French laundry. And telling us that we... Uh, the lowly serfs uh, should not deign to be allowed inside of a restaurant um, and we should not be allowed to have our children at school and we must all get shots and vaccines has done exactly the opposite in his own life and for his own family. Um, this man, I, I certainly believed, uh, confidently would be thrown out of office after all of his derelictions of duty, his gross incompetence, his hypocrisy, his condescension, his narcissism, And yet, unfortunately, he was re-elected through a failed recall uh, just a few months ago here in California and is now stuck on our shoe like a piece of rotting gum for another 12 months. And I'm sure that he's going to seek formal re-election in 2022. God help us all. Gavin Newsom. (laughs) That's a great great turkey. And while while his private winery remained open... Well, his children attended private schools and uh, didn't wear masks indoors, uh, while the hypocrisy just uh, uh, vaporized um, uh, Sacramento. Just one uh, do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do edict over and over and over again. And here we are again uh, with him on the ballot in 2022. It will be an interesting election season. I hope California wakes up before it's too late. Mm, As you listen to our podcast, maybe you're thinking you've got a message you want the world to hear. Well, I'll tell you, there's a lot to consider. We are produced by The Show Must Go On, and they are big fans of Buzzsprout podcasting as a base for individual operations. If you want to find out more, click the Buzzsprout link in the show notes to find out more. You'll even get a $20 Amazon gift card after your second paid invoice, should you decide to go with podcasting and Buzzsprout. If you want to connect with our producers, use the contact page on our website at informeddissentmedia.com. I think eventually um, this will be considered a three-dose vaccine, but I, I would be hard-pressed to believe CDC is going to make that recommendation. Okay, my next turkey is actually the Conflict of Interest Turkey of the Year Award, and that's to former FDA Commissioner uh, Scott Gottlieb, uh, who soon after leaving the FDA uh, took up residence on the board of Pfizer. And while he did that, he went on many media outlets advocating on behalf of 
everybody and their mother and our children should get vaccinated while uh, previously getting a paycheck from you and I and the U.S. government and now getting a very large paycheck from Pfizer. So let's keep in mind the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, is chartered with overseeing pharmaceutical and vaccine companies on behalf of the American uh, public. And this is the same FDA, and by the way, while we're talking about the FDA, the CDC, um, that are now unfortunately funded, about 50% of the funding of the FDA and the CDC come from industry. So can you say conflict of interest? And to prove that, we've got our very own Scott, L Scott uh, Gottlieb, who leaves the government service and now connects with Pfizer. So it's obvious by his uh, new commission uh, with Pfizer uh, that he was doing the bidding of Pfizer when he was the director of the FDA. These pharmaceutical corporations, which I used to support, Jeff, I mean, I, I used to think that all these attacks on uh, pharmacies, pharmaceutical corporations and their products uh, was just um, an attack on capitalism. It was a, uh, a kind of woke uh, whole foods mentality that everything has to be natural and we shouldn't be using medication. Uh, we should all be crushing up roots and flowers and, and nuts and seeds uh, and using them as balm and antibiotics. Um, I, I, really, I really believe that. And it's only been in the last couple of years that I've seen that not all, but, but some pharmaceutical corporations and some of the individuals running them are thoroughly corrupt. Uh, they are working uh, hand in glove with the federal government. Uh, there are no-bid contracts, there's pensions, there's salary reimbursements, there's golden parachutes, there's these landing zones like, like what Gottlieb did when he left the FDA and wound up at Pfizer on the board of directors. Uh, same thing at Johnson & Johnson, former FDA uh, chairman is now sitting on the board at J&J. &J. Uh, you have Moderna, a corporation that essentially was uh, sort of like a Wozniak apple in 1969 uh, out of their garage. Uh, no products, no money, no investors. They're just a, a goofy startup. Never actually brought anything to market that was, that was saleable. Uh, and this company went, they hit their stock price from 2 to $4 a share up to like 200 in a matter of months. Uh, the, uh, the owners of this company uh, hit the Forbes list of billionaires, I think the Forbes 400 list a few months ago, uh, from uh, basement uh, rats to some of the wealthiest individuals uh, in, in the entire world. And it wasn't due to anything that they had done or created. It was just due to collusion with government. Uh, and Gottlieb is, is, a, is a really good example of that. I think that there's a whole host of these people in these corporations that have been uh, raping the American population of their health and of their wealth uh, now for a number of years. It's gotten worse in the last two. Um, they certainly lost my confidence, uh, and I am uh, no longer able to um, simply state without uh, doing investigation research uh, that I believe that pharmaceutical corporations are um, actually doing America's bidding. I think they're doing the bidding of the government uh, and, and their, uh, their board of directors. Yeah, listen, I think their reputations have been uh, destroyed. Uh, there's, a, there's a role for them and a very important role, cancer, treating drugs, uh, antibiotics, medications to treat diabetes, asthma, and the like. Um, but because of the corruption at the highest levels, I think we now really have to look at these organizations through a very, very skeptical eye. I agree. Who's next on your list? 
Well, I'm going to veer off into something that is uh, uh, not not necessarily medical, uh, but I think really is affecting the lives of a lot of Americans, uh, certainly in Los Angeles, but I think it's happening around the country because of reincarnations of the same type of person and personality, uh, which is a local guy here who moved from San Francisco after literally destroying the legal system and the safety of the local residents there uh, and was put into office uh, through the uh, funding of uh, international uh, tyrant and uh, evildoer uh, George Soros. Uh, And that is uh, George Gascon who is Los Angeles District Attorney. We're in the process of you know, revamping and reimagining the way that we do our work with victims. Uh, He's released uh, so many people now in Los Angeles who have been convicted of murder, rape, child molestation, uh, spousal abuse leading to permanent injury and death. Uh, for no other reason than he believes that the perpetrators of crimes deserve more support and more sympathy than the actual victims. Uh, I think this is such a gross inversion of justice. Uh, I think this man is uh, not just misguided. I think he's truly evil. I think he has led to uh, the deaths of many individuals and certainly the heartbreak of many victims' families. Uh, And uh, unless uh, he is removed from office and recalled, uh, I fear that Uh, the entire city and perhaps county of Los Angeles uh, will wind up looking like something out of Escape from New York. Yeah, you're not kidding. And this isn't just happening in Los Angeles, although this Gascon character is certainly front and center. Uh, This is happening all over the country thanks to the uh, unbelievable wealth of George Soros, where he is literally trying to buy the elections of the attorney generals in in various areas uh, to affect this weird, dystopian, escape from New York kind of uh, mentality. And uh, it's disgusting, it's harmful, uh, and it's injuring the innocent at the, at the expense of these victims. And it's just, it's just absolutely crazy. And I agree, there is a recall effort going on uh, here in Orange County. There's a uh, George Soros-funded candidate that's going to be running against our district attorney, that's Todd Spitzer. Many of us are behind Todd, and uh, we're hoping that he can overcome uh, this movement. And I think in Orange County we'll be able to, uh, but I worry for what's going on around the country with the George Gascones that are unfortunately being elected uh, throughout the country. It's, uh, it's, it's very corrupt. It's very Marxist in nature, uh, and it's uh, part of the reason why we are where we are. Here's next on my list. I'm going to read the quote from this person, and I think you'll know who it is. We're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is unless we start using it in reference to vaccinating children. This, of course, is the editor-in-chief of the New England Journal of Medicine. Uh, Prior to COVID-19, the New England Journal of Medicine was generally thought to be the most prestigious medical journal in our country. And this is Dr. Eric Rubin, who made such a statement. He serves both as the editor-in-chief of the New England Journal of Medicine, and he also sits on the FDA advisory panel. And that was his quote recently to the FDA advise on the FDA advisory panel to the FDA in recommending that we approve uh, 
COVID-19 vaccines for the age group of five to 12. And this is, this is what's wrong with science these days. He is emblematic of that. And the New England Journal had problems long before he made this ridiculous statement, this evil statement, in my opinion. This is the same New England Journal of Medicine that published a bogus article about hydroxychloroquine and was forced to retract it after a couple weeks. But the damage was done. Uh, this is the same New England Journal of Medicine that early in the pandemic um, uh, posted a very long article talking about the uh, about how masking outside of hospitals served no purpose uh, and was not a good idea only to retract this and then start talking positively about masking. This is the same New England Journal of Medicine that refuses to peer review hundreds and hundreds of articles that go against their narrative. Any article that's submitted that sheds a a critical light on a pharmaceutical company, a critical light on vaccines are not even given the time of day. And this journal and others, Journal of the American Medical Association, The Lancet, etc., unfortunately have been captured by industry. If you thumb through the New England Journal of Medicine now, it's pretty wonky. I used to read it, but it's hard to read because it's very academic. But if you thumb through that thing, about every third or fourth or fifth page is a large pharmaceutical ad. They get a lot of their funding from the pharmaceutical industries. So of course, they're not going to shed a bad light on the industries that are, uh, that are, that are buttering their bread, if you will. And I think um, Dr. Eric Rubin is emblematic of what is wrong with medicine, is what is wrong with the scientific community these days. And that is they've lost objectivity. Uh, they're conflicted in many, many different ways. Uh, and unfortunately now, just like we do with pharmaceutical industry, with the pharmaceutical industry, we need to look at them now with a skeptical eye. We no longer can trust that what they print uh, is correct, that what they print is accurate, and that they give us a broad read of, of what's going on in science and medicine these days. I just had a conversation within the last week or two, the group of doctors, including Dr. Peter McCullough and others, who have published widely for decades, and certainly in the last couple of years, many, many publications have come out from their desks. And they have said that you can no longer publish in the New England Journal of Medicine, in The Lancet, in these prestigious journals, because no honest publication, meaning research publication can get into them. So doctors who are advancing actual medicine are no longer able to actually publish their findings. So when you have uh, news organizations and media saying, well, look, we don't have any published studies that support your position. Dr. Peter McCullough will say, well, yeah, because no one will publish them. Every single article that he and his cohort have tried to get into these journals in the last 18 months has been shut down. Some of them have actually been accepted and then at the last minute been, been tossed for some sort of stylistic or technical reason. So you know what's happening right now? Just like I said earlier about media corporations being sidelined by Signal and Telegram and these offshore uh, blockchain encrypted technology uh, alternative websites, just as that's happening, in social media and in media itself, in scientific publications, 
those who wish to actually publish the truth are doing pre-publication, pre-write journal articles that are not actually published and not peer-reviewed in the journals. They're reviewed pre-publication and they're posted as if they're going to be published even though they never will be. And that's where you actually find the information. Preprint. That's the word I was searching yeah. for. They're preprints. It, All sort the good of, stuff sort, is preprint. It's sort of like it, it's sort of like uh, putting an article out on Substack that nobody can take it exactly. down. Exactly. So we're going to put this That's article right. out to the American people and the scientific community at large to do their own peer review, to read the uh, information, to read the data, to read the methods, to read the conclusions and make their own decisions, rather than filtering everything through these so-called scientific journals that are nothing more than a mouthpiece for the government pharmaceutical, unelected healthcare bureaucratic uh, narrative. That's that's what they are now. You pick up the Journal of the American Medical Association, you pick up the New England Journal of Medicine, you will not find any critical articles of industry. They just will not print them. The only exception is no. uh, the American Association of Physicians and Surgeons uh, that will put, put out opinion pieces and research articles. Um, but with with rare exception, you just don't find them. So now we see preprints, uh, and now we have to do our own uh, critical reading and, and critical understanding, which is fine, um, to get the information out there uh, to disseminate uh, the truth because you no longer can believe what the traditional journals are printing, not unlike the mainstream media. You know, if you turn on CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, um, or any of the other mainstream medias, you have to you have to view what they're saying uh, through a very very skeptical eye because you know they're just parroting uh, the government and uh, and big pharma narrative, uh, and they can't be taken seriously. Who's next, Doctor McDonald? Well, you know I'm a psychiatrist, so one of the aspects of life that is so important to me is the interconnectedness of people, their relationships, and how they get along with one another, uh, how they experience the world in a a state of hopeful uh, authenticity. Just a week or so ago, I saw a very disturbing announcement that came out in the news uh, that Facebook was re- naming itself, at least the larger corporation, as uh, Meta. I am proud to announce that starting today, our company is now Meta. But now we have a new North Star to help bring the metaverse to life. From now on, we're going to be metaverse first, not Facebook first. And they were going to develop, through Mark Zuckerberg, a virtual reality that would essentially replace the world and that we'd be living within this virtual reality so that we would never actually have to leave our computers in our homes, that we could explore the Grand Canyon in our living room. And I found that to be so deeply disturbing because in the last 10 to 12 years, if I want to point to one source of degradation in the psyche and in the interpersonal life, interpersonal uh, worlds, of my patients, it's been uh, the the cell phone and and social media. The last thing that we need right now in the United States is more virtual, more Zoom, more computers. We need dirt, soil, rain. Uh, 
weather. We need people walking around, touching the the earth, and and interacting with people face to face, getting getting dirty really with life. Without a we mask, we do not on. need a sanitized life, and without a freaking mask, breathing the air. And ironically, what you hear from Zuckerberg and Meta is, you know what? This is this this just blew my mind. This is why I'm I'm placing Mark Zuckerberg as my primary turkey. He said essentially, because the real world has become so dangerous, the only way to authentically experience it now safely is to experience it virtually. Isn't that what Dr. Fauci has told us? The world is so dangerous that we must stay at home and isolate ourselves and keep our masks on. The way to lead a full, safe, and complete life is to disempower yourself and recoil into a little ball of fear and never see or touch another human being again. It is it is so obviously perverse and so obviously antithetical to a basic life force. And I'm talking about the core drive, the libidinous drive in every human being to explore and experience and adventure, to take risks, to, to, to feel heat and wet and warmth and temperature. All of that is now considered to be too dangerous. Life itself is so dangerous that we have to eliminate it and we have to replace it with a virtual reality. Well, I say, hell no, you can take your metaverse and shove it. I don't want it. I want to go out into the world. I want to live and I want to be around people who also want to live. I'm done with you. So Mark Zuckerberg, he can kiss my ass. Amen. Boy, well, my last turkey, and I'm not sure I can top yours, uh, but I think it's an important um, contender for the top turkey of the year award. And that is the American Medical Association. You know, I used to be a member of the American Medical Association when I started off in my career. I thought it was a cool thing, even the name, the American Medical Association. What could be more prestigious than that? An American organization that represents physicians. As I was embarking on my medical career, I was so proud. The white coat on, my AMA card in my pocket. They represented doctors. And then recently, this year, as a matter of fact, they came out with one of the most ridiculous statements and ideas and votes that I have ever heard anybody in healthcare um, come out with. And they voted that they think birth certificates should no longer carry the sex of the baby. And when they did that, I realized that the American Medical Association is dead to me. No longer can I take anything that they say seriously. They're a joke. They are an absolute joke. And they should have their names stripped from them. They don't represent American physicians. They don't represent anything that has to do with America itself. They are antithetical to the founding principles of our country that they would make such a statement. And then just today, literally just today, the American Medical Association warned that stopping the Biden administration's coronavirus vaccine or testing requirements for private businesses would, quote, severely and irreparably harm the public interest. They're liars. They're propaganda. It's Pravda 
under the guise of the American Medical Association. They no longer can be taken seriously. They're a joke. They're an embarrassment. And uh, I am proud that I am no longer a member of that organization. I think now only about 15% of American physicians uh, belong to that organization. And they are literally, in my opinion, an embarrassment and well-deserving of the Turkey of the Year Award. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) I am so disgusted with all of the professional medical organizations, the AMA being really the top of the the trash heap, Uh, the American Academy of Pediatrics with their support coming out last year of the chemical castration of girls, the uh, surgeries uh, without parental consent to turn girls into boys, the American Psychiatric Association's support of completely unhealthy and anti-reason, anti-science propaganda of transgender ideology. Uh, I have removed myself from all of them. Uh, The APA, uh, the AMA, um, if I were a pediatrician, I certainly would pull myself away from the American Academy of Pediatrics. Uh, every single last one of them uh, has lost my my faith and support. And um, I don't think that uh, until a new organization develops and comes into light, I don't think I am going to actually be part of any of these national groups any anymore or ever again. I, I think they're all dead to me. Yep, I agree. Well, listen, Mark, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Uh, it's It's been an honor to be your co-host. And I look forward to many, many great podcasts and adventures together as we enter this holiday season. We are hitting the end of the year uh, stronger and brighter and with more hope for a better 2022. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. You've been listening to Informed Dissent with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Informed Dissent the intersection of healthcare and politics.